So you just heard the Phoenix Suns slash basketball sounder that I use anytime I talk Phoenix Suns or just basketball in general. And this is a Saturday edition of Big Sky Sports Talk. And it's kind of like a bonus episode. I told you guys yesterday that I would try to get more um, about the draft pick of uh, Tamani uh, Kamara, the uh, second round draft pick of the Phoenix Suns. And I felt pretty confident in uh, Doug Franz telling us about him. Um, and, and, you know, I did uh, find a couple of things that he said, but he was straight up honest. He said, uh, I apologize that I don't know um, more about him, that I didn't say, hey, you know, look out for the Suns to, you know, possibly get this guy. And he also admitted, he said, full disclosure, I I didn't watch a whole lot of Dayton basketball like I normally do. Um, so he he uh, he brought on a guest, um, and uh, I just because of the way it went, I didn't feel it um, super necessary to take from Doug Franz Unplugged, but. Everything I will get from is is from 98.7 FM Arizona Sports. Uh, I'd rather get from um, Doug Franz uh, because, well, this is the station that that fired um, Doug, and I want to support Doug more than I do 98.7. That's just me being honest. Um, And anybody from 98.7, you're hearing this, let's, I mean, y'all made a mistake. Um, Just going to say that right now. but it doesn't mean that I won't uh, rip sound from you guys. But uh, anyway, we got a couple of different things uh, to get, you know, a little little segments that they had had some interviews with a couple of different people that that uh, know uh, Tamani the 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 best, um, and then some people that kind of cover the Suns and, and and what they know and 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 kind of have learned over the years. So that's kind of what this is, as you can tell. Like I said, I had no. No normal intro, uh, not nothing uh, too fancy at all. I just kind of wanted to devote this this whole thing to getting to know um, the Suns' um, second round pick, but really their only pick from um, uh, last uh, last night's draft, or not last night's draft, um, Thursday night's draft. Um, and since I didn't have a whole lot to, uh, tell you about, um, I would figure I found, find something, some things, um, that I can share with you as, as it pertains to it and, and kind of give you more. Um, one thing I have read and, and some of this you'll hear is, um, that, uh, he's an excellent rebounder defender, um, he he shot pretty well from three um, in college. Now the three ball in college is a lot uh, closer than the NBA. So obviously he'll you know have some things to work on. But it sound, he sounds like a really great overall pick. So um, you know without further ado, we'll go ahead and, and turn it over to 
98.7 FM Arizona Sports and the Bicklin Murata Show. They had, uh, um, and I cannot pronounce his last name, um, but I'll try. David Jablazinik. Uh, uh, I don't think I'm even getting that close. Um, but, uh, no, oh, uh, I think it's Jablon, I, I don't know. Let's just call him David. He'll introduce his name, or they will, rather. Um, and so we'll hear from him. He is, uh, he writes for the uh, Dayton Insider. Uh, so someone that covered uh, uh, Tamani pretty pretty well. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. With the 52nd pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Phoenix Suns select Tumani Kamara from Brussels, Belgium, and the University of Dayton. That was the announcement in the second round last night. The one pick the Suns had in the draft at number 52 overall forward Tumani Kamara, a Dayton flyer from Belgium, and uh, here to give us a little bit more info on the latest Phoenix Sun. He covered uh, Tumani Kamara for the Dayton Daily News. David David Jablonski checks in with us here on the Arizona on a sports line. David, thanks so much for making some time for us today. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you got to uh, cover Tumani Kamara for two years at Dayton, had some good numbers, obviously some things on the resume stand out. What are some things that uh, are going to stand out to Phoenix Suns fans in the plus category for Tumani Kamara? I think the biggest thing that stood out about Tumani over his two seasons and something that made him an NBA prospect Really early on, you could tell he, he had it, uh, was his versatility. He could guard anybody on the court, small guards, big guys, whatever. Anthony Grant, the beaten coach, raved about that all of last season. Um, they could really use Tumani in so many ways. And then he started developing his three-pointer, got off to a slow start in his first season at Dayton and picked it up midseason and just uh, kept improving that percentage over his two seasons. So that became a a real weapon for him. One of the things about the NBA draft uh, that we've seen over recent years is that a lot of immature, undercoached players are coming to the league. It takes them a while to get acclimated. What about the maturity of Tumani Kamara Um, coming from Belgium? Is is this a strength of his? It is. He came to uh, the United States when he was 16 with the goal of playing in the NBA someday. And now he's, he's there. Um, he came to a young, really young Dayton team in his first season. They had a big freshman class, including Deron Holmes from the Phoenix area. And that team struggled right out of the gate, uh, losing three bye games at home that really torpedoed the season early. And yet, you know, they did climb back into contention for an NCAA berth and were the first team left out at the very end. So Kamara's leadership, uh, he deserved a lot of credit for that. He was the captain of that young team, and it was a captain again uh, this past season. David Jablonski of the Dayton Daily News, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. You mentioned the development of the three-point shot, David, and I'm looking at the numbers from year to year, including the two years he spent at Georgia before he got to Dayton. But percentage went from 17 to 26 to 33.8 to a very respectable 36.3% last year for a player uh, uh, of his profile. I mean, how much work did Tumani Kamara put into that three-point shot to to make those leaps yeah I think it was all about the work and just gaining confidence seeing some shots fall Um, he wasn't taking a lot of shots early and then you know once he started missing I think he probably took even fewer but once once he started making a few it was just a matter of time before he got some confidence and so 
started taking more shots, and I think he saw his uh, volume increase a little bit more this year. But uh, he was still, you know, mostly scoring baskets inside the paint, high-flying guy, some very exciting dunks uh, over the last two seasons, maybe not as many as as Obi toppened it, but uh, he was uh, an exciting player to watch. You had a couple of interesting tidbits about this. Um, two of the last four Dayton players selected ended up with the Suns, Nigel Knight being the other one, and then I did not know this because Dayton's basketball program is, has been good for a long time, as, as much as I can remember. They went 28 years without having a player drafted. <laughs> now you've had, what, three in the last six drafts. That's obviously a sign of a program that's kind of elevated, right? Right. They did have some players go to the NBA. They were undrafted uh, in that interim, like Brian Roberts, uh, one of their great players. Miguel Knight, though, as you mentioned, one of the greatest flyers of all time, led him to the NCAA tournament in 1990. But I think, yeah, having three in the last six years, two of them recruited by Anthony Grant. Uh, Costas uh, was recruited by Archie Miller, but played for Anthony Grant. So, and they're going to probably have another one next year with Deron Holmes. So yeah. that's a good thing. But uh, I think Dayton fans are more interested in the getting the program back to the NCAA tournament, which they've just fallen short over the last few years. We've talked about the strengths, but uh, Tumani Kamara, 52nd draft pick, um, not a complete player. Complete players don't fall to number 52. What were some of the weaknesses that stood out in his two years at Dayton, David? He had some turnover problems, uh, especially his first season at Dayton. I mean, he had games where maybe six, maybe eight, can't remember exactly. I think he improved greatly in that area especially this past season, but still averaged around two turnovers a game. So that, that's that's something he would uh, he would want to work on, uh, just the decision-making and the ball handling. I mean, when you look at it now with, with a little bit of time to consider the fit, and, and look, the Suns don't have a lot of players under contract with the massive moves that they've made with their roster. I think Kamara makes it eight players on the roster. I mean, as you see it and, and his fit in the NBA, what what's a realistic kind of uh, expectation for Kamara in his rookie season? I think he can make the roster. Like you said, it's it's a team with some uh, some needs. So uh, he certainly comes in uh, as an older player, mature player, as we talked about, who could uh, contribute right away. And I talked to Anthony Grant just the other day. He said, you know, that was something that stood out to him. He's he's NBA ready, to, ready to play whenever uh, if he makes the roster. David, thanks so much for uh, making some appreciate time for it, us and giving us a little bit of a thumbnail on, on the latest Phoenix Sun. We do appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. You heard uh, a little bit uh, from someone that's covered him. You heard the name Anthony Grant, which is was uh, his head coach. Well, let, let's hear uh, from Anthony Grant himself, from Wolf and Luke. All right, we kicked Kellen out of here. He's going to come back, though. He's out there writing a book or something. I don't know. You can see him over there. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you have somebody else you want to talk about? Some of the stuff, honestly, right now that Kellen does, some of the stuff he writes, yeah. I, I got to tell you, it is so detail-oriented. He is down in the weeds yes. on a lot of the stuff. That he writes. There is nobody I'd rather talk to than Kellen Olson. Well, that's good because he's coming back. We're going to talk to Dayton head coach Anthony Grant here shortly because 
Uh, he's probably the best guy to talk to other than Tumani Kamara himself to get some insight on Tumani Kamara, who the Suns drafted last night and who they are. I don't want to say counting on because you don't you don't count on somebody you take with the 52nd pick. Yo. But they are counting on getting players like Tumani Kamara to work out. You know what Yo. I mean? Whether it is with the 52nd pick or whether, like Kellen was saying, maybe they go out and sign some undrafted rookies after summer league. Other teams are already doing it. You just heard it in Sarah's update or if it's guys on the veterans minimum. But, again, a guy you take with the 52nd pick, if you can get anything out of him in the situation you're in and then he starts to get a little bit better – over time, you can keep them instead of just recycling. They're going to be getting a lot of new players on one-year deals yeah. with, with all these veterans' minimum contracts. It's so interesting because it's just listening to you talk right there. Um, I actually would like to speak to Anthony Grant, his coach. I would love to speak to his coach, Tamani Kamara, more than Kamara himself. Interesting. This yes, is a wolf thing. I would. Well, once again, it's kind of like, you know what, a player from time to time especially a guy that is a young guy that is trying to make his way in the league, I think from time to time you might not get very accurate answers on, on direct <laughs> questions like what what gives you trouble? You know, where do you think you need to work on and things of that. I think a coach is much more forthcoming on all of that because he knows what it is he's got to work on the most. I think a lot of players will try to obfuscate in a situation like that. This was uh, Jay Billis talking about Kamara. Billis is not his coach, but this was Jay Billis uh, yesterday after Kamara was selected by the Suns with the 52nd pick in the draft. Well, he's agile. Uh, he's got good feet. Uh, he's long-armed. He's a really good offensive rebounder, and he's a, a very good defender. With that seven-foot wingspan, he can switch out. Uh, he can block shots, but his rebounding is uh, is really, really good. And uh, as a defender, as a primary defender, his assignment shot about 32 33% against him, so he can guard. That's what we know about him so far, Wolf. You know, evolving as a leader, energetic defender, and 23 years old. Yeah. That's, and I like that, that combination. For what the Suns need, that's potentially a really good combination. I do like that combination, and it kind of reeks of Frank Vogel <laughs> when I hear that right now. If you tell me this guy is capable of moving his feet, that tells me he is a guy that is probably going to be a good defender. If he's got a 7-inch wingspan, <laughs> I mean a 7-foot wingspan, 7 inch would, seven would, inch would, be, would great be a little bit different. For a defender. Yeah. Well, it's because I knew we had his coach on. All right, well, you said you wanted to talk to his coach, and now we got him. Anthony Grant, Dayton Flyers head coach, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Coach, thank you for the time. How's everything going? Doing well, guys. Doing, doing well. Pleasure to be on with you. Uh, we appreciate it, and I would assume just starting here, it's it's got to be rewarding to see one of your players drafted into the NBA and on a team where, you know, depending on how things work out, he could potentially carve out a, a fairly significant role early. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I'm just really excited for Tumani. I know, you know, how much this means to him to have this opportunity and, you know, to be in a, a, a franchise, you know, like Phoenix and as you mentioned, what they're capable of, of achieving, you know, with what they've been able to put together. I'm excited for him, and I know he's looking forward to it. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate your time right here. Can, can I ask yeah. you this? What What is he like as a person? Because as you know, it's the person that makes the player. Yeah. What is he like? Yeah, so I've had the pleasure of knowing Tamani, and I actually recruited him coming out of high school, and he ended up choosing Georgia, and then when he decided to transfer, we were fortunate enough to get him. So 
I got a chance to know him, you know, when he was, you know, 17 years old or so, and just a, a super human being, just a high character guy, got a great work ethic, comes from a great family, uh, just um, a guy that uh, I think will endear himself to, you know, your fan base and just the community, uh, just with who he is. He's very mature, uh, goes about uh, his business uh, in a very mature way. Uh, he's, uh, I think, a guy that walking in the door is ready to help. You know, I think he's uh, been through four years of college basketball. When we got him, we had a very young team that we surrounded him with. You know, one of the things I, I told him I needed him to do was, you know, develop into a leader. And that was a role that was new to him, but he really embraced it, you know, and he found uh, ways to, to help our younger guys uh, understand what we needed to do. He was a guy that was just consistent every single day. You knew what he was bringing to the practice court. You knew what he was bringing to the game. And I think he modeled that for the guys. And then verbally and vocally, you know, I think he really grew in terms of understanding what was required of him as a leader. So, I, you know, I think you're getting someone that uh, is going to be able to come in and uh, be led, you know, and then also a guy that understands what it means to, uh, to make sure he's prepared every day to try to give his best. We're talking to Dayton head coach Anthony Grant, of course, the the coach of uh, Tamani Kamara the last couple of years at Dayton. Uh, coach, in terms of, of who he is on the court, you know, he's 23 years old. Like you said, he's mature. He's he's yeah. somebody that can, can be led, but also he was leading in college. But just in terms of his style of play, what should we expect? Well, I think, you know, I said it, you know, really all, all year that to, in my opinion, he was one of the most versatile defenders in college basketball at, at six foot eight. You know, he's really, he's athletic. Um, he's explosive. Uh, just, uh, you know, I spent a couple of years in OKC as an assistant, you know, and just his body type is, I think it, it suits him really well for the NBA game. I think he's a guy that can come in from a defensive standpoint and guard multiple positions. You know, I think, his, he's still an unfinished guy in terms of I think he's got a lot of room where he's going to get better, you know, and I think the areas that I think probably put him in the position where he was available for Phoenix was from an offensive standpoint, he's going to, he needs to become more consistent with his perimeter shooting. He's worked extremely hard at it. I think you can see by his numbers that he improved a great deal from his junior year with us to his senior year. But he's a guy that I think uh, is going to be able to play really well with the talent that's there. He's not a guy that needs the ball in his hands. He knows how to move without the ball. He's really good at in playing and pick and roll. Um, you know, he, like I said, he's really athletic, uh, finishes around body. So, you know, I think you're getting a guy that will fit really well into a system, will fit really well with, you know, some of the outstanding talent that's already on the roster. Uh, you know, and obviously I'm sure the roster's still being formed and shaped and, you know, who knows what it'll end up. But I'm excited for him. I think uh, I think he's in a position with a team as talented as you guys have out there in Phoenix that, you know, has aspirations to compete for championships. I think he's a guy that comes in and helps that culture, you know, whether it's just by who he is as a person or by what he's able to provide with the opportunities he gets on the floor. Coach, do you think where do you think his confidence level is right now as a young man trying to make his way at the highest yeah. level our species can generate? Where do you think his confidence level is at? Well, I'm gonna tell you, I think it's really high. You know, I think um, if you talk to him, he'll tell you um, 
you know, one of the things I think that, that he really uh, found here is who he, who he is, you know, just in terms of uh, what he does well and how to be, how to become great at what he's good at and, and understanding uh, how to impact uh, the game with what he does well. So I think he's coming in knowing who he is as a, as a person and as a player. So I think his confidence is, is going to be really high because he, he, he works at it. You know, he, uh, this is something that I think if you read anything that he said, he's dreamed about this for a long time, like most kids, and he's worked at it and he's had to earn it. You know, I mean, he, he's a guy that went into this thing and wasn't on a lot of draft boards, you know, so the opportunities that he has, I know he's very appreciative of them, you know, and I think he's, he's earned them. You know, so I think when you when you're willing to work the way he's willing to work, that breeds confidence. You know, so I think he'll he'll walk in the door knowing that he belongs. Coach, I played with a lot of guys that had a great intensity level, and some guys who didn't have a great intensity level, but they had enough talent yeah. to get by. What's his intensity level like? Yeah, he brings it every every day. You know, he's not a guy that you got to turn him up, you know, in terms of him being ready to go. You know, I, I can tell you I had him for two years and it never never one game or never one practice where I felt like he didn't bring the effort and the en- energy that he needed to bring. I mean, he, he loves the game. He loves the work. So I, I don't think he'll that'll be an issue in terms of uh, uh, anybody saying that he needs to, to play with more energy or effort. I think that's just who he is. Talking to Anthony Grant, Anthony, Coach, I just got one more for you. He's he's in a position yeah. now where he's he's probably going to be the youngest player on the Suns for a while because they don't have a whole lot of room to be adding players. They don't have any picks going forward. Just on what you've seen as him evolving as a person and a player over the years, you think he's set up pretty well to be in that role? As the youngest guy on the team? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be a, a fairly veteran team now for a while. Okay. Okay, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very familiar with the roster. I know... You know, some of the main guys I've been around, um, you know, Devin Booker, I recruited him out of out of high school, so I know who he is as a person and, you know, was fortunate enough to be, you know, with Kevin and OKC his last year there. And, um, uh, you know, was with uh, Coach Donovan and Bradley Beal as someone that he speaks to the world of in terms of his work ethic and who he is. So, honestly, I think he's going to fit really well. You know, campaign we had in, we had in OKC, uh, you know, for two years, his, his rookie year and his, his second season as well. So I kind of know some of the makeup uh, of the roster. I don't know all of it, but I can tell you just in terms of, you know, what I know about those guys, uh, they love the work. They love the craft. Uh, they want to be really good. They hold themselves to a high standard. And so I think Tamani's going to fit really well, you know, with that. And, and obviously I know it's a new staff coming in and a new culture that's being established, but um I think, you know, just in terms of who he is as a person, he'll fit really well. So, Coach, have you talked to Tamani since he's been drafted? Yeah, I was actually at the draft um, last night, so we had a chance to uh, to speak before and after, and uh, I know he's really excited to be in Phoenix. So did you give him any advice, and could I be so bold <laughs> to ask you what you <laughs> told him when you gave him that advice? You know, the one thing I'll tell you is, is you know, like uh, his journey to get to where he is, like I said, he had to earn these opportunities, you know. So my advice to him was just to understand that, you know, it's a great accomplishment, but, you know, he still has to go out. Um, this is just the beginning, you know, and I, I think he'll be a guy that um, will prove himself 
you know, to be a very valuable player in the NBA. So my advice to him was just to go in and, you know, remain who he is, humble and hungry and, and uh, you know, do what he's capable of doing. Well, Coach, we appreciate Thank the time. You, I'll say this, too. You said you didn't know the Suns roster, and then you rattled off the only four players they currently have on the <laughs> roster. So you, you do know the Suns oh, roster. Okay. Well, you told, you told me it was one of the oldest rosters. I, I, don't know, I, I don't know what the rest of the roster looks like. Oh, neither do we yet. But, uh, okay. But we appreciate Thank it. Thank you, you, Coach. Awesome. All right, guys. Take care. My pleasure. That's uh, it's Dayton head coach Anthony Grant right there joining us. That was funny. He's like, well, I don't know the whole roster, but I have connections to Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, a little bit to Bradley Beal and Cameron Payne. Well, there isn't anybody else left on the roster yet other than uh, DeAndre Ayton. That is quite comical. Um, now we'll go ahead and go to someone that uh, covers the Suns really well and really knows his stuff. Uh, his name has been mentioned already, and that is Kellen Olsen. I can see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports. Our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning after the NBA draft. I cannot believe I'm looking at the individual who's sitting in front of me right now, Wolf, because we did draft coverage last night. I don't know what time I left, probably like 8.30, 8.45. And this guy was just getting started. <laughs> Kellen Olson is in studio. The Suns hadn't made their pick yet when I left Kellen, so I guess let's just start there. You go out there and they draft Tamani Kamara. They stay at 52. There was all this confusion nationally if that was even their pick after all that. It was and is their pick. Uh, just your initial reaction to the fact that I'll tell you what I told Wolf. I like that this guy's 23. <laughs> That's a good selling point for me. Right. Yeah. When we were trying to identify potential fits, I think it came down to someone who was experienced because it had to be not had to be, but it made a lot more sense for someone to come in who had a chance to get minutes, maybe not right away necessarily, but within the first half of their stay with the Suns. And, and that's someone who Kamara is for sure. To be clear, I was not familiar with who Tumati Kamara was oh, I'm so glad you're when they here. when they drafted him. So <laughs> I did as much prep as I could, tried to study names, things like that. But he did not come up in my um, uh Research, but with that in mind, ESPN had him as like the fifth best guy available when they picked. He was in the 60s for Sam Vecini, so this wasn't anything that was completely out of left field. And I really like the way Sam Vecini on The Athletic put it in his guide and just like watching the brief clips that I did of him. It just makes a lot of sense what the pitch is. You've got a guy who's six eight with a 7-foot wingspan who's pretty much perfect for what the modern power forward slash four is in terms of his physical stature. And then defensively, he can move his feet. He defends with his chest. He can guard two or three positions. He rebounds really well for his position. Those are two big check marks on on the on the on the rundown. And he just needs to be able to shoot. And and that's the thing that's kind of not necessarily holding him back right now, but it's that combined with the upside for like a starting role perhaps because that's when you talk about a guy who needs to be able to move the ball he, he does have some passing skills but he had negative assist to turnover ratio he had 100 more turnovers and assists over his four-year career uh, between Georgia and Dayton but the three ball improved steadily he was about a 63 percent free throw shooter which isn't a great indicator but the improvement with the three-point shot it looks good so if, if that just continues to go and the way Vicini put it is if this is a guy who hits threes he could contribute to a team right away and the team picking him or signing him or 
or whatever it was going to be is just betting on that three-point shot because if they get it, they could get a guy who could help right away. And defensive-minded guys just keep coming in, right? Keller, how – yeah, how – um how soon do you think we'll know about Kamara as to whether or not he can actually contribute this year? Well, you you know this, Wolf, just from like your your time in professional sports as well. For young guys especially, it comes down to, one, how quickly can you understand the system that you're in? Right. And then, two, how much can you take what you got up here and, and use it on the field? Because I think that's a big misconception. People out there will see guys get lost on the court or the field or whatever sport it is, right? And they'll think that the guy doesn't know what's going on. He, he probably knows what's going on. It's just taking what's going on up there and translating it out there. It's, it's a really big skill. So it, that is what it'll come down to. To. If he's able to really process NBA defenses and process Vogel's system, what he's supposed to do, and so on and so forth, they could get someone out who could help them out uh, next year. Because guys at his size, I think that was the, the smartest part about the pick and like the reason why I liked it the most, in my opinion, is we were talking about Chris Murray on last night's show and someone leading into the week who's a 6'8 wing who guards multiple positions, shoots threes, and my pitch for the Suns trying to move up to get him was you're not going to be able to get wings like this. Like, yes, you'll be able to get like a 6'4", 6'5", wing, but guys with his size that can do what he does, and Kamara is is that. He's he's a huge wing for his size, and is really the direction the league is headed in. And again, if he, if he can knock down a shot, he can be a con- contributor right away. We're talking to Kellen Olsen. Uh, Kellen, a lot of the names that we heard as maybe hopeful possibilities for the Suns at 52, or certainly if they could trade up like a Jaime Jaquez, they'd have to have traded way up, I guess. But uh, but like, you know, Jaime Jaquez, some of these other guys, Jordan Miller, Imani Bates, they were all gone uh, by the time the Suns ended up picking. Was there anybody else that was out there when they when they uh, took Kamara that you were like, oh, I can't believe so-and-so is still out there? It wasn't so much a, a disbelief of them being out there, but the guy who went immediately after him that was, was Jalen one, Clark yeah. out of UCLA. Yeah. He was actually the one name left of the – there were five guys I looked at, more like six, because Marcus Sasser was on the other list, where we're looking at like the 20 to 35 range, really, that I was looking at. And then there were more guys in the 40s and the 50s. But some of those guys – Kobe Brown was a guy whose stock was kind of all over the place out of Missouri, and he went 30. Julian Strother was someone who was ranked in the 40s by a lot of people, went in the mock drafts in the 50s sometimes and he went 29 to Denver so a lot of those guys went but Jalen Clark out of UCLA arguably the best perimeter defender in the draft he's coming off an injury there's not much to his offensive game at this point in his career but he's got a really set to find skill so I thought it kind of made sense for the Suns there but I, I like the pick regardless I don't really have any qualms with it and and I think if you have qualms with the 52nd pick in the NBA draft <laughs> seek mental health immediately how about Adama Sonogo did you think it, it was a little surprising where he was and the fact that the Suns didn't draft him at 52? Well, he, he, to me, he was rated higher. Well, he's a guy to bring up um, out of UConn, I believe, because yeah. what happens when the draft ends and what happens in the last latter stages of the draft is that guys begin to form out two-way contracts. And Lou Dort is an example from five years ago where Lou – probably would have been drafted and I believe the reports actually came out the teams were looking to draft him but he told them don't draft me I've got a two-way agreement with OKC because he could go to OKC and play right away was on a short-term contract and could get out of that contract play play well bet on himself and then get paid a whole lot of money now three years later he's on a deal worth 20 million dollars a year good job Lou that a boy that's how it's done right there good stuff so guys like him 
and there are 15, 20, 25, 30 guys, we, we get that wave of notifications from Woj, Shams, and so on as soon as the draft ends because those two-way contracts start to come in about the best undrafted players, and there's a lot of guys there that have some talent. Mike Miles out of TCU was another guy that I had my eye on in terms of guys that went, but the Suns no, have not seen yeah, exactly. Mike the, Miles, who single-handedly took ASU out of the tournament, that Mike Miles? That guy. Yeah, okay. No, he's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Oops, did I bring him up on yeah, purpose with, so with Luke, that's perhaps? That's kind of mean. Okay. Rude. Uh, the Suns have never gotten in on this. I do not know why. I do not understand the logic behind it, but they typically leave their two-way spots open, and I believe either last year or the year before, it was more like seeing what they had on their summer league team and then offering the spots then. But with that in mind, there's a – significant amount of talent that is still there in my opinion when the night ends and the Suns have never gotten in on it and I thought it was more important this year than it has been ever before because of all these limited avenues that we've talked about but they continue to not do it I don't know why and you can sit here and tell me it's not a big deal but Austin Reeves was just the third best player on the Lakers and he was a two-way signing so we've seen precedent for how important these guys can be in a small amount of time we're talking to Kellen Olsen yeah uh, you know to your point we were seeing names linked to teams in that regard last night right after the draft even kind of as the draft was wrapping up I haven't seen anybody linked to the Suns yet it doesn't mean that that can't happen but in your mind now Kellen and I'm trying to do this entire segment with you without bringing up DeAndre Ayton's name because we talked about him for three hours last night so you don't have to take this in the direction of DA but they didn't trade him last night just now that the draft is over they've got their head coach they've got their coaching staff filled out they've added Bradley Beal they've moved Chris Paul what in your mind is the next step for the Suns this offseason it's not only like, like the, so we're talking so much about depth and balance right it's we talk about just names and just having good players or whatever, but you have to have like a roster that makes sense. So like right now, like perceptually kind of what it seems like is guys like Tory Craig, Jock Landale, it seems like they're they're on their way back. Not necessarily in terms of agreements by any means, but the Suns will want to pursue them. Josh Akogi is another name that's come up a lot from Gambo. So those types of guys come in and you look at who they drafted. You've got Ish Wainwright campaign back. There are skill sets that they need. Like they need some shooting. They need some playmaking. I, I understand they have a big three and those guys are going to command a lot of the offense, but you're still going to need guys who are capable offensively in other areas. So I think that on ball defense, three and D guys, like you just mentioned these roles out loud, but you got to look at the roster as a whole for what it is. And I think it's about them really assessing how that roster can come to be through free agency right now. And now, if it's possible, without trading DA, because I understand the main holdup right now has to be, do we take 30 cents on the dollar for DA, 40 cents on the dollar, whatever it is, right? Well, if you assess your roster and just don't think it's possible to fill in the holes that you need to, but you think you'll do a much better job if you trade DA, even if you take a huge hit on value for him, I think you've got to do, and I think that's the thing they've got to sort of look themselves in the mirror about here over the next couple of weeks. So it makes it more likely that he's here because he made it through the draft, correct? I believe so, but I still think that there's a really good chance that he's dealt. I I operate in that world. Maybe it'll come down to something Gambo's been mentioning for a while now where teams go through free agency. Ah, we didn't get Chris Middleton. Ah, we didn't get Kyle Kuzma. And they still are looking for a semi-big splash. They've got an opening at center. And then they say, oh, we can get DeAndre Ayton just for, like, these two expiring contracts and this other guy who we don't want. Like, yeah, that, that could that could certainly come up on the Suns' doorstep. And they're certainly showing patience with it right now. All right, when we come back, Kellen's going to stick around. What's going on back there? Kellen's not going to stick around. Kellen, so now that we just have to go out and say it, actually, Coach Anthony Grant from Dayton is going to join us next. Oh, cool. Kellen, can you join us at 1145?
Yeah, I guess. You've been bumped. (laughs) (laughs) You said, yeah, I guess. We'll get a little more insight on the Suns' newest draft pick next. I can see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. All right, Kellen's back. We, um, we're not going to bump you again, Kellen. Although, it's turned out, it's totally worth it. How can you say that? You weren't the person that did it. Aaron did it. That's true. But we celebrated it on the air. She didn't like that one as much. She laughed at the yeah, I guess, from an hour and a half ago. She didn't I didn't really want like to throw anybody under the bus. I mean, I had to hold myself accountable. I was the one doing it, so. We all signed off on it. Right in front of you, too. Uh, but you're back. And Betrayal. I want to just talk NBA draft in general. We've talked enough about the Suns and DeAndre Ayton today. And but, two brute but, but just the actual uh, draft itself. So we're going to go pick by pick. We're not going to go pick by pick. Um, what stood out? Yeah, no, we're not going pick by pick. Um, I just wanted to wait and see if they were going to talk some more Suns, but they are not. Uh, so we're going to move on. Yeah, uh, to Monty Kamara, um, a forward from uh, Belgium, um, Brussels, Belgium to be exact, uh, six uh, foot eight, 220 pounds, uh, could play uh, both uh, small and power. Uh, two inches from, uh, well, I mean, easy math says two inches from, from seven-footer. Um, so probably a little bit more closer to the power forward, um, being as, as tall as and big as he is. But um, I would not be surprised at all if he's out there uh, for both. Um, went to a, and I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, but a, a prep school in uh, Hollywood, Florida, where um, Hollywood Brown is from, he doesn't get his name from, you know, California, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, California, but Hollywood, Florida, um, went to Georgia from tw- 2019 to uh, 2021, and then uh, Dayton uh, from 21 to 2023. Um, obviously, became the second round 52 overall uh, pick for the Suns. Um, and in uh, 2022, he was the third team All-Atlantic. And and then in 2023, he was um, the first team All-Atlantic. Uh, so improved pretty dramatically uh, to make qualifications from third to first. And then also um, he made the All-Defensive team in 2023 as well. Um so there there's that um in college uh he averaged uh, 6.6 points and 4.3 rebounds per game during his freshman season with the Bulldogs um and then he well, when he was in Georgia he was uh teammates with Anthony Edwards um and then uh, his sophomore season, he finished with uh, 12.8 points and 7.7 rebounds per game. So um, it's gone up uh, uh, quite a bit from 6.6 to 12.8 and then 4.3 to 7.7. Um, then he entered the transfer, transfer portal transfer portal, and uh, joined Dayton. 
and uh, with his first season of Dayton, he had uh, his points per game went down a little bit, uh, 10.9, um, and his rebounds went down a little bit um, uh, for the 2021-2022 season. Um, but he was, that's the season he was uh, nominated the um, third team All-Atlantic. And then... Um, he declared for the draft in 2022, but withdrew after, um, testing the process. And so he decided to come back, um, for his, uh, uh, senior year. And he was, uh, doing so became the only fourth year player on the roster. Um, and, and so then he averaged 13.9 points. Uh, which is was his highest, and 8.6 rebounds, which uh, was his um, also his highest. Um, and then uh, that game or that season, uh, last season, uh, was when he was selected to the All Atlantic. First team and the all defensive team, and then uh, then he announced that he was going to declare for the draft again, um, and um, he actually had a another year of eligibility. Um, so two years with the Bulldogs, his uh, freshman and sophomore year, and uh, junior and senior year, and then uh, because. Uh, um, uh, I'm not sure what, I can't remember what circumstances, uh, you are allowed a, basically a fifth year senior. Can't remember what does that, um, whether it's, uh, uh, I think a lot of people during that, that COVID time, of course this was, um, after COVID, but. Uh, I, I again, I can't remember, but he did have an extra year of eligibility. But I think he made the right decision. Obviously, got drafted, um, and uh, the rest is history. So, uh, you know, a couple things went down, but you know, his senior year, he, he averaged the most points and the most rebounds in in four years of college, which uh, I think is huge. And then going from third to first. Uh, is is also a big jump that tells you tells me and uh, should tell you as a as a fan that that he you know really cared and really worked on uh his craft and uh obviously uh, you know according to being drafted 52nd um there was quote unquote 51 other better players than he was and whether you agree with that or or, or not um, obviously there are reasons that he is, uh, was drafted where he's drafted, um, because he has some things to work on more consistent, more consistent as an offensive uh, player, like Kellen said. Uh, but I like, uh, you know, the fact that he, he's a defensive guy that, uh, I think I saw someone say that, you know, he, he very well could guard one through five. I think seven foot centers, you know, he might be at a slight disadvantage. I, I think um, 
his wingspan is seven feet. So, you know, uh, that's, that's pretty big. Uh, so uh, there, you, there's a lot of, uh, um, a lot of things that to, to like about the, this kid. Um, and more and more I heard from, um, from his coach and others that we just heard from actually the more and more I liked him. And, you know, with the roster the way it is, there there's no doubt in my mind that he, he makes a team. Um, I don't know how early he'll make an impact, but I'm pretty certain he's making the team. Um, this the, Unfortunately, again, we go back to the ha- handcuff uh, that the uh, Suns are um, in because of the Bradley Beal trade that, um, you know, he'll, he'll be – he'll be used uh, uh, fairly immediately um, and unless they can just hit some home runs on some veteran minimum contracts. Um, and, and I think they might could, uh, but obviously we know that all, you know, it, any of those deals will be one year deals. So whether even, even if they, you know, fill the roster and maybe they feel that, um, Tamani is is not quite ready. Um, his second season, he probably will be because um, all the veteran minimum, all the veteran veteran minimum contracts will will expire, um, and unless the Suns absolutely need to, which they might, uh, they'll sign some of those. But even then, some of the guys that are already on contract uh, that will expire, like Kevin Durant is one. Um, and, uh, I mean, there, there, there'll be some others as well. Um, but, uh, I think we'll, we'll see quite a bit. And for a lot of the reasons that, that, uh, Luke said, you know, there, there's going to be some veteran guys on this, this team for, for, for quite a while because all the picks that they traded away, uh, from these last two blockbuster deals um from the fact that they are in that second apron right now at um with the new cba uh, all these different things um so with that that that's about it um i appreciate you guys uh listening um hope we hopefully you have a good a good saturday a good weekend um and i shall uh talk to you on monday i appreciate it thanks again